your uh, shower faucet, your like um, tub, the tub faucet was running a little bit. Uh, dude, I don't know how to get it to stop. I hope it doesn't run up our water bill because um, I don't know how to get it to stop completely sometimes. Yeah, um, I messed around with it a little bit while I was in there because I was like, what's the deal with this? And yeah, I, I see what you mean. It is really hard to get it to stop. I think that I did get it to stop by like finagling with it a little <laughs> bit. Um, but I could be wrong. It could still be going and it just seemed to stop for a second. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, this is cool. This is like, this is cool. You know, what other podcasts can you listen to what we're talking about, just roommate talk, and hear someone learn how to use a synth? That's, uh, well, famously, I think, the Duncan Trussell podcast. I like to think we're pretty similar. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah. music now. I'm going to do it, okay? Yeah, sort of. Welcome to the podcast. We are your friends. We listen to music and we play pretend. Every time you hear a song, we hope you can think of us because it's good listeners here to rip 2020 up. pretty good right i i just like wow <laughs> i don't even i i don't think we ever need to do another intro now that i can just rip that and kind of have it be our intro it's maybe the best um thing i've ever heard <laughs> yeah and we listen to a lot of music uh we do that's why we famously that's, that's thing. i mean hey that's why we started this podcast together we may not be the best at talking about it but we do listen to quite a bit of music so yeah um hundreds of albums a year hundreds of albums a year you know i put together my year end or i update it throughout the year my year end playlist i put a song from every project that i enjoy that i listen to whether it's an album ep even a single yeah uh, i think there are about 210 on there so i listened to about 210 albums this year yeah um don't remember a lot of them <laughs> and a, a lot of it's just like all right pop music um, yeah but that's wh that's what i like what can i say yeah i but and i think we're getting away from the th i mean this is huge for the show what just happened we have not had intro music up to this point you just got this synth today and so i'm just gonna say uh, as your co-host i think that uh the vocoder to me is like equal parts uh cool and threatening um the but vo vocoder I, I what were you gonna say sorry i'm totally interrupted you well so the other thing that i was gonna say is overall though i think honestly amazing that you've gotten this far with learning how to use this synth it's your first time using a synth and you just did that intro i i'm sort of flabbergasted i loved it oh really you did uh, yeah Thank i thought you. it was that, great that makes me so happy you know i really feel like getting this synth 
I was taking a risk because, you know, I don't know how to play keys. I don't know how to use a synth at all. Um, I'm not even particularly good at guitar, but um, I just wanted a synth. I feel like so you're giving me a look. No, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> please, please. I wanted you to finish. I just, f I just feel like um, that was a missing piece I had for me when I'm making music. I wanted a synth. I wanted something to, to fill out. If you're making music by yourself, sort of yeah. a DIY thing, mm -hmm. you kind of – I think you need a, a synth pad or something just to flesh out your music a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I literally was – I was brought to tears watching a tutorial earlier because it – Seems so complicated to me. I was um, I was in the kitchen uh, making myself a salad as that was happening. No, I literally started crying. <laughs> you were you were making some sounds that uh, were honestly distressing. It's very like it, there's a lot of words I don't know what they mean, but um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, just because I'm having fun recording this podcast with you. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter whether or not it's particularly good, but I'm having fun doing it. Yeah, it is over. The synth thing is overwhelming. I mean, there's no. I think that anybody who has ever bought a synth or just messed around with their friend's synth uh, would recognize very easily that the whole thing is very over. There's a lot of vocabulary you have to learn. Yeah. Um, and even there's so <laughs> many. Uh, even within the vocabulary, there's like sub vocabulary. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> even like watching the tutorials for it, like the the people will be like, oh, you know, you have to. These are this is the knob to uh, change the the EG or something, and I'm like, well, I, I mean, I don't really know what that means. But right. anyways, I mean, this is this is shop talk. It's uh, it's not not particularly interesting, but I mean, thank you for the compliment. I mean, um, I think that this is gonna bring something extra Whoa. to the podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what that was gonna do. Damn. That doesn't sound particularly good. Yeah, that's um, intense. I'm going to mess around with this. And, and um, I mean, hey, it's 2021. We're recording in the year 2021. So yeah. uh, everything is pretty normal. I feel pretty good and normal. Yeah, um, it's the f we're basically back in the Obama years, aren't we? We're back in the Obama years. But uh, I guess my point of saying that was this year, I'm going to harness the power of the synth. I'm going to turn this into a respectable podcast and not um, – wow. Not that it hasn't been a respectable podcast. I no, just mean I've something well, that people people have actually your work listen cut to. Out for you. <laughs> <laughs> you have um, your work cut out for you. Um, um, I mean, should we? So, first of all, well, should there's, I a bit, there's a bit of an elephant in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, this is a re-recording of our year-end episode. We already did a year-end episode. It should have been out yesterday, um, and the audio for it was all fudged up it was fudged up and i mean it's if there's blame to lay at anyone i guess it's my fault um i i, I wasn't gonna say that but <laughs> i do agree i I, t I i messed with the levels and we didn't listen to it back and i i guess i'm the de facto producer of this show at this point it feels uh, that way uh which i'm okay with I, I you know i'm learning i certainly don't feel like i forced that on you i I feel like I've offered multiple times to do more in that area. And, no, 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 and no, no, you no, have no, refused. No, no. I, I, I enjoy it. I legitimately enjoy editing this podcast. Yeah, um, I, I think that's wonderful. I have fun doing it, um, and it's become a fun thing. And when I went to edit it this week, I discovered that all of our audio for our 
uh, over three hours of content we had recorded for the year, and it was going to be a multi-part episode, yeah. was unusable um, because I had messed with the levels. I think I turned up the game too much, whatever, not interesting. Um, yeah. But Started as one ep, became two eps, <laughs> then became zero eps. And we'll see what happens with this. I mean, uh, th- this might become a two-parter as well because we're just kind of gabbing a bit already <laughs> we're um, freewheeling but i mean i'm having fun i think we're gonna have fun it's gonna be interesting seeing how it goes just talking about the same albums a second time but yeah um i do apologize for messing up the audio because we had some we had some good stuff recorded it was it was fun i had a lot of fun recording it as usual got too drunk on a work night yeah. recording our, it stayed up past midnight we recorded this shit yeah, it it is a, a little sad that it's not usable. Um, it's a bummer. I was pretty bummed, honestly. I but kn- I know you were, and I I felt like I had to deflect because I felt like it was my fault that I didn't want you to be that bummed. No, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean <laughs> to make you feel worse about it. Um, that certainly wasn't my intention. I was just it's uh, all it's all good. I was just legitimately uh sad about what happened, but it's a bummer. Um, I was yeah. It so. The yeah, and now we've kind of reversed roles where I'm now getting too drunk on a work night. Uh-oh. Uh, do we want to check that real quick? No, I can just edit it out. It's it's all good. Okay. But now we have sort of reversed roles where I am getting too drunk on a work night. Yeah. Um, it, tomorrow is Saturday, but I do have to work. <laughs> uh, a little switch of the roles because. Uh, many a time so far, uh, I probably two or th- two to three times since we've started recording, I have been at work the next day, just totally questioning my decisions. Like, wow, I got drunk for a podcast that I I very well may be the only one who actually listens to it because I know you <laughs> don't. Um, and, uh, and that is true. <laughs> I I listened to fifteen minutes of one episode and thought to myself and you texted me pretty good <laughs> <laughs> i think it's pretty good but also i hate hearing myself talk yeah but anyways you know um well and the other thing is i uh so the other thing is i i think that this has given us an opportunity so i was i was legitimately very bummed but i think that also this has given us an opportunity to just do it better this time. And I will say, I'm feeling looser. I'm feeling less like I give a shit, honestly, to talk about these 10 records yeah, uh, a second shit? time. We did talk, we did have categories um, that we aw- awarded in the last time we recorded. Um, and we have nixed that for this time. Uh, we are just talking about our top 10 albums of 2020. Do you think maybe we could run by the categories and just say the ones that we crowned? We could. Do you remember? I didn't write them down. I will remember. Okay. Um, but I, I will say, um, unfortunately, we have to take a break real quick. Okay. We're taking a break. And, <laughs> okay. We're back. Whoa. Oh, that's. That's what I was looking for, baby. We're back. Yeah. We love that sound. It's like an electronic monster. Um. <laughs> and we are back with more good <laughs> listeners. <laughs> oh. oh, I wonder if I can um do like a soundboard from it. Like I can, I think. I mean, it has MIDI capabilities. Yeah, um, I think that that is definitely possible. So I can do like farts and stuff, like very goofy stuff. 
Um, something yeah. to look forward to within the next year of good listeners is um, Fart Patch. Yeah, sometime yeah. in the next year we will figure out how to make fart sounds happen. Um, so what were we talking about before the break? The, I mean, the fact that the the audio was all fudged up, we uh, are re-recording I mean, we, our year-end yeah, episode. We fucked up, so just full disclosure, if anyone's listening to this, um, we are going through our top ten again. We're talking about, which uh, last time we recorded the first time, it was a mystery to us what our top ten is. Now um, we pretty much know yeah. what the top ten is. Um, so the element of surprise is taken out. The element of us talking about the music um, in a fresh way, I guess, to us is yeah. taking out. So we're kind of going to be retreading. I don't know how this is going to work exactly, but uh, I guess it just kind of felt like we couldn't not do it. You know, we've committed to doing these weekly episodes yeah. um, and we are going to do a year end one. So it kind of felt like um, we have to go back and do something. We have to record something to release you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we already missed a week, but um, just out of the podcasters, we, we both took the podcasters pledge. Um, and that pledge said that um, you have, if you, if you mess up an episode, you must capture the spirit of the episode in a subsequent recording, that's number one of the podcasters' pledge. Yeah, and last that's week, number one. Last we go back on it. Well, I mean, um, they're not ordered in any particular level of importance, but that is number oh, okay, one. Okay. Um, so, uh, lest we go back on the podcasters' pledge, we had to do this. Uh, so it's it's more of a a duty that we're doing than um, a desire. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing this for the love of it. We're doing it because we absolutely because we have must. We took an oath. Yeah, um, much like uh, doctors and the Hippocratic Oath, we are duty-bound to record this um, and talk about our top ten albums of 2020. Absolutely. Um, uh, and that's what we're going to do now. Um, and I guess, I mean, I will say, so I think that when we first did this episode talking about our top ten albums of 2020, we... Uh, I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say I think I'm feeling a little bit a little bit looser than I did that time. <laughs> I'm I'm not I gave a whole I gave a whole disclaimer. There was an air of importance to what we were doing. Yes. <laughs> that is that is I guess what I'm getting at. Is that there was an air of importance and now I simply although that was totally 100% sincere on my part and you're like texting or something as I'm talking I I, um, I get the tweet notifications I can't check them I got to see what <laughs> tweets people are liking but, you know. sure fair enough um and actually I respect the hell out of that um <laughs> content creator you know <laughs> yeah it's beautiful I love to see it um while that was 100% sincere in the last episode I, I gave a whole disclaimer about the types of records that I was able to enjoy in the past year and all, and all that kind of stuff. This episode, I just don't give a shit. Yeah, Kay, I, I mean, I don't either. I mean, something I've embraced about this podcast as, you know, I mean, hey, we're kind of figuring it out as we go along. I think that's okay to admit to. Um, it's, 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 uh, you have a unique experience if you choose to become a listener of this podcast where you get to see <laughs> us develop a podcast um yeah you episode, get to see us be mostly bad episode episode we're, we're tweaking it we're refining it um something i realized it is bad um <laughs> I, I edit these episodes every week and it's bad but that can be good 
um, per- perhaps. <laughs> I I mean I just think that I am a dumbass. I, <laughs> I yeah. Th- I think that I'm a bit of a dummy when it comes to talking about music. I love music, but um, uh, I'm no um. I'm no Anthony Fantano. Um, I don't know. Th- I can't think of a, a better graph than that. I'm not particularly eloquent when I talk about music. Yeah. I kind of. Well, and his stuff is heavily edited. It's um, heavily edited, and I am not. Uh, I, I'm not great at editing. This, this. I mean, what we're recording already is going to be a test for me because I think that I'm going to have to edit a bit of this out. Yeah. Shorten it. Um. And I'm no Ian Cohen. Folks. Yeah, and hey, um, I'm no. Um, I'm no Roger Ebert of me. I th- I mean this is. I'm see, no. I, I don't. I can't even like. Uh, I'm I, no Robert Criscow. I can't even riff like. N- not a lot that I'm bringing to the podcast game. I'm no Laura Snapes. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm no um. Ah. I'm no Emeril Lugosi. (laughs) (laughs) Bam, you did it. Yeah, and I'm no Bam Margera. I'm just, I'm... You're not the Bam Margera of music criticism. I don't think we, see, we didn't even do the intro for this. I don't think we even said our names. It Um, feels weird. That's what I was, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, you should have their names. This is Clay and uh, my co-host Randy. Yeah, I'm Randy. We're talking about music. We're best friends and rivals and we live together. Um, Yeah. I mean, shit. (laughs) <laughs> are we like are, are we just doing This is a mess. It's really a mess. Um not even talked about music yet, kind of just have rambled. Um oh, no. I can't imagine that anyone wouldn't turn this off, but we march onward and we're gonna talk about I guess we should just <laughs> cut to the top ten albums, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean I'm and and without any further ado. This this is our top ten albums of twenty twenty. It's very important. It's something you should care about a lot. And here we go. How about you start us off with your number ten album of twenty twenty? Oh, and you're reaching for the synth. It feels like you're <laughs> going to hit uh, something very jarring and intense. All right, number ten. Yep. There it is. Um, uh, my number ten album of the year is the. <laughs> Holy shit! This was a problem last episode. I didn't write down the album names. I only wrote down the artist. Um. <sighs> Eve's Tumor album. I'm going to guess the name is like uh, Heaven of a Tortured Mind uh, or something like this. Is this? Uh, I believe it's Heaven for a Tortured Mind. Heaven yeah. for a Tortured Mind. God damn. That you was like close. this album so much more than me, and yet I know the name. This album rules, and I gotta say, less prepared uh, than I was last time because I had been listening to these albums over and over again for weeks. And now I, I uh, it's been a week since I've listened to these, any of these albums already. I'm at a loss for thoughts about them. But this Eve's Tumor album, <laughs> um, I really think this thing rips. Uh, it's an experimental electronic album. Uh, Eve's Tumor, best Eve's Tumor album to date, I think. Wow, um, that, that's kind of a hot take. It is, and I, I liked the Eve's Tumor album from, it's either 2019 or 2018 quite a bit. Uh, but this thing, it's got some kind of guitar fills and solos. This is the closest they've come to making a rock album. Yeah, where I don't want to call it a rock album because it's not. It is still electronic music. But the thing that really stuck with me from this album is in songs like Kerosene and other tracks on this album is you have these wailing guitars where it'll come in and just be like, 
you know the great yeah. guitar sounds and uh i'll just be rocking out to this in my room i felt like i i was not expecting this to crack my top 10 but i was revisiting it and felt like i it was just undeniable track after track i was rocking out to <laughs> um and i really i want to cut myself off from talking about it because i don't have much intelligent to say about it um other than that it rocks very hard um what are your impressions of this album randy i think it's pretty good uh it does rock pretty hard i think that the um i mean you have you have clued into the main thing that i do really like about i'm not a huge eve's tumor uh person um which is not a dig at all i think that eve's tumor is very talented i think definitely like in the sort of like david bowie prince kind of zone of being like kind of poppy kind of accessible but also like very very weird very ex- like sexual um very kind of intense music uh, definitely reminds me of like 70s 80s era prince and david bowie um that that burp was very audible on mike you turned away from oh the microphone no. and it was very audible and you were talking too i'm sorry uh, <laughs> let's just keep going baby like <laughs> uh but yeah I, th- I, th- I think this eve's tumor record is good i i think it is probably the eve's tumor record so far in their career that i have listened to the most yeah, um, I I think that um, even though it's nowhere near the, my top ten, I feel like this is one of the big flagship um, sort of critically acclaimed. I don't know if you want to call it indie, um, but things that are sort of in that sphere of um, perfume genius was another one from this year. Uh, th- like uh, albums that are well, that get best new music from Pitchfork. You know, I don't want to call them indie, but yeah. um, I felt like. There's a few that I would point to from this year that are just you see them pop up all over the place on year end releases. Um and this is one that I feel like I just had to give the little nod to that say, you know what? I think all those critics out there are right about this one. <laughs> I think that Yeah, uh, the critics need a little support these days. Yeah. Uh, I just wanna give a little bump to Eve's tumor. <laughs> yeah. Uh no, it's it's a it's a very good record. I, I didn't mean to um I don't want to be too down on it. I think it's a very well-made piece of work. Just did not connect with me as personally as it did with you, I think. Um, and so from there, I will move on to my number 10, I think, which is Teenage Halloween with their self-titled record, Teenage Halloween. Um, this record, I think, is it's like easily, for me, the... Uh, like pop punk uh record of the year it is the like sort of queer punk record of the year yeah yeah um it is a record that is it's like they i mean they so to me they they are like the new they're the new menzingers or like whatever okay wow um because i've been sort of out on the menzingers of course their 2012 record on the impossible past is is you know a classic that's a classic genre. especially for us i mean we were in high school when that came out and yeah that's just a, a great um for being that age and listening to uh punk a little poppy yeah. punk music it's uh chef's kiss right on right uh right absolutely on the just yeah. huge i mean i i saw the menzingers play live um 
at a local venue downtown, um, a very small venue, uh, much beloved menu. Shout out to The Social <laughs> in downtown Orlando. Um, Shout out to I, The Social. I saw the Menzingers oh. play some songs from On the Impossible Pass open back the in the clubs. day. Open the clubs. Hashtag <laughs> open the clubs. Um, uh, we fully support that movement. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I mean, I saw it. That was an incredible show. I love the Menzingers, but I feel like um, – they have fallen off in quality over the years, um, uh, which is which uh, is unfortunate, but just the facts. I it's think that just, just happens. Facts. That happened with most of the bands that I enjoyed in high school. I mean, the Front Bottoms, yeah. Modern Baseball is gone, um, but all those bands that were kind of part of that scene. Yeah, luckily we still have Slaughter Beach Dog, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still out there, but I just think this is part of the natural flow of things. Yeah, um, I no, I think that's true, especially in this scene. It feels like bands come and go so fast. Um, it felt like the Menzingers had so just a tiny couple of years where they were one yeah. of the best bands in the scene. Maybe there's something about that energy that's hard to hold on to. I feel like when you're writing uh, that kind mm-hmm. of music, um, a lot of it is born out of it's 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 very emotional, angsty music. Yeah, uh, and it's not necessarily healthy to stay in that mindset of being <laughs> that angsty um, and also if you find success like financial success it can kind of yeah it makes it hard <laughs> it, yeah because you it, it changes your whole perspective it changes your whole reality um and so that's part of why i want to celebrate this teenage halloween record it was it was so close to not being on my 10 for the year but when i was just looking back at how many times i listened to certain records this year I could not deny that this Teenage Halloween record I had listened to just so many times. I'd listened to it over and over again. And it was because it reminds me of so many records that I love and also because it has this intensely queer perspective to it and its lyrics. Um, yeah. And 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 I just – I honestly love it front to back. It just friggin' rips. Yeah. No, I mean, yet again, you're talking about this, and I feel like it's something I have to dig into more because I only gave it a listen once through, so I haven't really um, – you know, it takes me a few listens to really digest lyrics and, you know, themes of an album. Mm-hmm. So that kind of passed me by the queer aspect of it. But, I, you know, as we talked about in uh, our previous recording that um, it's a hard year for everyone, obviously, you know, not fun to delve on, uh, dwell on. Yeah. Uh, but 2020, shitty year, uh, probably just going to get worse. And for queer people, um, difficult year has um a lot of years tend to be yeah uh but having having a uh, queer punk i mean just is it's hey free therapy as the twitter meme going around would say um mm. queer punk is free therapy um so i, yeah. <laughs> I um definitely want to delve into this teenage halloween album it sounds quite good yeah i think you should i think it's well worth your time um I think especially being I know that you are a person who enjoys a lot of the uh, pop punk and sort of tangentially emo records of our youth. Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, that you would enjoy. Yeah, it I'm a soft baby. So I, I need <laughs> I need my punk to have a pop edge to it. And and um, you love you love uh, like transgender dysphoria, dysphoria blues. Like one I of my favorite like it's, albums. It's in uh, that transgender dysphoria. It's blues kind of in that by zone. against me. So, I mean, if this yeah. uh, dwells on, you know gender in, yeah. in a punk it's, it's way not, it's not it, quite the same lyrically but okay but yeah uh i mean that sounds great i think it's well worth that sounds time. fantastic um yeah and so do you want to talk about your number nine i do i mean i have to pee again i'm sorry yeah oh no i, I guess not, we're going back to a break i'm not even gonna pause it i'm just gonna edit this out oh i love 
talking about music. It's one of the great joys of life, and they say when you die, your top five songs replay in your head. Did you, have you, so have you seen this, um, thing going around on Twitter about how when you are in a coma in the hospital, they play music for you? Yeah. And, uh, if they don't know what music you like, they play just, like, top 40 hits radio. I didn't see that aspect of it. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah. They really should, messed up. They Can should you play, imagine? like, Debussy or something if, if they don't know what to play. I don't know. I agree. Uh, <laughs> that would be very palatable to me, I think. Yeah. But I can't imagine if I was in... If I was in a coma and assuming in the coma I am experiencing the vibe of whatever they are feeding me, <laughs> in the coma, it's that like, it's just I'm like, I'm all about that bass, about <laughs> that bass, no trap. <laughs> and that song is so popular these days. That's so true. That's top um, 40. That's what I think of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, no, I mean, it's that. It's Ed Sheeran. It's uh, Justin Bieber. Um, yeah, it's Eve's Tumor. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. It's Eve's Tumor. It's Fleet Foxes. It's. Uh, it's spoon. That's kind of an interesting question, though. Welcome back, by the way. Um, yeah, welcome back to the show. Because <laughs> uh, this I, is it. Because I actually do want to uh, talk about that a little bit. Uh, what do you? What would you have them play if you're in a coma? Um, uh, I mean, I feel like the obvious answer is uh, like Evanescence. You want? Um, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, are, is that a joke? <laughs> well, I you want to be woven up, don't you? Um, oh, okay. Ha ha. <laughs> Ha ha ha. Um, but back to business. I want a real answer to the okay. question. My real answer to that question, um, although I do actually, I will defend Evanescence if it ever comes to that. Um, hey, that's that's I, uh, that's fine. No, no qualms for me. Yeah. I, th- I think they're a Dees Dees band. Um, <laughs> Dees band. <laughs> right. Um, I think I think I would have to go for like. What I want to hear, honestly, is, like, comfort music, which for me is definitely guitar music. It's definitely, like, pavement. It's definitely spoon. Um, yeah, here, I'll, I'll give you – um. That That's just me, though. I'll give you four albums, subject to change, but just – this okay. is off the top of my head. Four yeah. albums. Off the dome. Um, I'm going to go Ambient 2, uh, Brian Eno. Wow. Um, Ambient 2. Um, then I'm going to go Untitled and Master, Kendrick Lamar. I know we were just listening to this, but the jazz arrangements on that album. Yeah. Um, we were just listening before tr- we It's really fantastic. So, obviously, that's why I said subject of change. This is recency bias. Yeah. Um, but I think Untitled and Mastered, I would um, love to have that playing. Oh, geez. I had a number three in my head, and it's totally escaped me. So, um, instead, I'm going to go Illinois, Sufjan Stevens. Um, Sufjan Stevens. Uh I think as an angelic voice, I think that if there's anything that could bring me out of a coma, I think that I could see it happening through Illinois by Sufjan Stevens. Interesting. Um, and shit, I feel like I am totally now doing a disservice to that one album that I forgot about. Um, uh, why don't, do you have any uh, in your head that why I can uh, think about this a little bit? Well, first of all, I think it's interesting that you go for Ambient 2, The Plateau of Mirror. Um, for me like the essential is Brian Eno is, is ambient one for sure i know i i, I know i um. ju- i just adore that album but yeah for me i think it's it's spoon like probably girls can tell um or maybe kill the moonlight um or hey even possibly uh ga 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 
Um, okay. But but pr- pr- probably girls can tell. I think. Okay. Um, um, wait, girls can tell by who? Spoon. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's the one with like it has the vinyl on the cover. Sure. Sure. Um, and then I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like. So to me, so interesting to me that you say that like that's what would wake you up is Sufjan Stevens. I feel like to me, if the, I I'm feeling like something like maybe heavier would wake me up. Like I'm thinking like maybe Touche Amore Stage Four. Well, I'm thinking maybe like. Uh, um, I understand what you mean. I I mean I don't particularly know how comas work, so I don't know if it's just loud music would it wake you up. Um, I was thinking Illinois because I have emotional yeah, connections. I, I mean, I think medically, definitely the answer is no. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, I feel like something I have strong emotional associations to would wake but me I up. But I do. So, so, so t- I mean, Touche Amore's Stage 4 is, like, a very loud, heavy album. But also, I do have intense emotional connection to it. Um, so, maybe the, the double whammy there is enough to do That's it. what I'm saying. I, I can't do something that's just hard that I don't have any emotional connection to. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, what did I, I, I say? I said Brian Eno Ambient 2. Yeah. Ambient 1's great as well, but I was actually listening to both of them lately, and Ambient 2 really stuck out to me. So, I chose that one. Hey, I guess that's maybe, interesting. Maybe I'm being a little contrarian, but Ambient 2, Brian Eno, I'm sticking to that. Um, and I said Untitled and Master Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. And I said Illinois Sufjan Stevens. Yeah. Um, I get, I'm not going to erase those. I'm just going to keep li- – the one that I couldn't think of was Live Drugs by War on Drugs. Wow. Um, I know that's a recent album, but yeah. the uh, reaction that I've had to it lately has been uh, simply incredible. And I would love to just – even if I'm st- stuck in a coma, if I can uh, – if I'm aware of those guitars, then that's a good coma to me. <laughs> like, yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I think that does feel like sort of a an interesting dreamscape, like it – you do not feel like you are in a hospital listening to that album. Exactly. You feel like you are out on the road somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I know I said four albums, but if I could just say one more, I'm going to go with The Vampire Weekend, Father the Bride. Wow. Um, because um, my favorite band, um, currently my favorite album by them. That's not a definitive answer, but um, at this point in time, my favorite album by them, I think I'd love to hear father of the bride and the same with illinois i like an album that has ebbs and flows to it that kind of it builds into something this in on illinois you have these uh, arrangements with all these uh, flutes going on like these very whimsical grand uh, instrumental arrangements uh, and you have the more typical sufjan stevens uh, banjo ballad you know and then on father of the bride you have these very jammy songs that sound like dead songs almost and then you also have the more rock and vampire weekend tunes and you have the very um reserved you know a 2021 or something right uh, so and uh, beautiful duets with uh Daniel yeah so Hine. you have very pretty music mixed with very bombastic music yeah. um, and i think that would be nice for a coma um but yeah, yeah. that was just a question i thought was interesting yeah, I think that's a good – I think you got a good take on that. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I only said maybe one or two records uh, for me, so I'll just throw out there maybe a number one record by Big Star would be in my rotation. Mm. Um, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and maybe a Bright Eyes, maybe Casadega. 
that's one I've been digging a lot recently. Casadega's so great. Um, one of my favorite Bright Eyes albums. Recency bias for me as well, I guess, because I've been digging that recently specifically. But, yeah. Um, hey, fuck yeah. it. I'm uh, I'm throwing in a, a, another one, Loaded by Velvet Underground. Um, wow. Sweet. One of my favorite albums of all time. That's fantastic. This is actually I, uh, one of our friends t- was tweeting about this earlier and included Loaded on her list. Oh, yes. yes, uh, yes. I recall that. So, so that's kind of what brought it to mind, but um, truly, I mean um, – What's the name of that song? Um, oh, Sweet Nothing. Yes. Oh, Sweet Nothing is uh, easily in my top five songs of all time, and I think yeah. that song could bring me out of a coma, so I'm going to throw Loaded in there. Yeah. I mean, that song is, like, it's a, such a classic. It's, like, among, like, the the rarefied air of, like, the best, like, Beatles songs. Yeah. Uh, like I've never done that heroin, level. but that song feels like doing heroin to me. Sure. It's um, like doing crack. This song is like crack. Yeah, <laughs> I and I love that, um, and I love to hear you say it. Um, All right. Yeah, oh, I totally agree. No, I, 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 I did a catering one time with a chef that I worked with where we uh, he had a CD of uh, Loaded in his car. Yeah. And he, he was playing it, and I said, is, hey, is this a Loaded by the Velvet Underground? And he said, I don't even know what this is. And he pulled the CD out, and it was Velvet Underground Loaded. It's and a fantastic album. <laughs> it was it's, very it's, good. I mean – it Not my favorite Velvet Underground, uh, personally. But I, I mean, if there's rock music that you're into today, you know you gotta you gotta thank Velvet Underground and uh, and that album as well. Um, yeah, particularly but, indie. Uh, but anyways, we are all over the place this episode, uh, and I mean <laughs> uh, we are literally on number nine. So like maybe this is going to be a two part episode. It's absurd for uh, me. It's White Light White Heat. By the way, is the best Vel- Velvet. That Underground. is your number nine album of the year. White Light White Heat by Velvet <laughs> yeah, Underground. Yeah, that's my number nine album of the year. Um, it for uh, you know for thirty years running, it's been the number nine album of the year. You know, um, I think that maybe we should admit this is going to be a two-part episode. It Uh, feels that way. I don't think this is doable. It feels that. Obviously, we're going to finish recording it tonight, but I think I might have to split this up into two parts. Yeah. Um, which is fine, but I I just want to I just want to say that for for our sake as the podcasters. Yeah. Um, Did you do your number nine record yet? No. Oh um, wow! So we're at that's the what I'm saying is that we're, we're gonna have to do a t- uh, <laughs> number five, and then we're gonna have to do a top five. You know, uh, part one, right? Ten through six. Yeah. Part two, five through one. I okay. Um, so I'm gonna give my number nine, <laughs> Wax album from this year. Uh, <laughs> you is. hate that. Um, <laughs> I don't love it. <laughs> they do it at basketball games, okay? It's like a professional thing. I know you might not understand it. Yeah, I don't know um, anything about sports. Waxahachie, St. Cloud. Uh, my number nine album of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, still number nine. Hey, I'm happy it's on your list at all. Yeah, obviously one of the great albums of this year. I think you ask anyone, anyone who's worth their salt and music listening, He's going to tell you Waxahachie released one of the best albums this year. Yeah, anyone who's serious about listening to music. Um, it's really just an incredibly solid, I guess, indie folk album. Uh, uh, it's great to see Waxahachie knock it out of the park like this. I feel like they've been getting a lot of buzz for the past few years, but I know especially with you, never quite clicked. Um, it was like, oh, this is perfectly pleasant music, but it's nothing super special. Uh, it's nothing that's that's really making me go. What now? <laughs> um, yeah. And this album uh, really, 
it's Excuse never made that. me do a little boss nast before. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this thing all year has stuck with me, especially the singles of Fire and um, I mean, all of the great songs. War. From it. War, Hell. Hell. Um, hey, perfectly uh, simple song titles about uh, large concepts that are great to dwell upon. Argadelphia. Uh, is that really a song from this album? Yes, it is. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm correct. Yeah, re- really fun guitar riffs on this, uh, just mixed with really great lyrics. Uh, those indie folk lyrics that that just make you think about life and love and all that warm, fuzzy stuff. I just think this Waxahachie album is so neat, and I love it. Hey, that's great. I, <laughs> that makes me happy because I love this album. I think even like a a good margin more than you do, um, uh, yeah, which is not like, it's not a competition. Um, but I just if it was, you'd win. <laughs> and if it was, I'd win. Um, so I uh, sh- should I talk about my number nine? Yeah, you should. Okay, my number nine is Gia Margaret's Mia Gargaret, and this record, um, I feel so lucky to have been able to experience this year because you recommended it to me i honestly never would have heard it otherwise um i'm so uh, grateful that you recommended it to me because this is has honestly become one of my absolute favorite ambient records ever um i absolutely adore this thing front to back i honestly just today before recording considered moving it up in the list a little bit although i did not end up doing that um, but I very seriously considered it just because I have listened to it so many times. It has been such a source of comfort for me throughout the year. Um, and, and reading into it has made it even more powerful. Um, I know we talked about this the last time we recorded, but, um, the fact that this album came about because, uh, Gia Margaret had laryngitis and lost her voice for a period of time and i think maybe her voice has been affected somewhat permanently because of this sure um she was not intending to make an ambient record she was on tour uh she was in europe and had to come home because her laryngitis got so bad that she simply could not sing these sort of uh folk songs that she normally does um, and I have not heard her old work. I was not familiar with her folk songs. I was not familiar with her oeuvre. Uh, um, <laughs> you did not like that. Um, I love <laughs> that. I love words. Uh, but I, I, I was not familiar with her past work. And, and I'm so just truly delighted that I am familiar with her now because I found this record so comforting. I, I really feel like I connected with, she's talked about in interviews how when she didn't have a voice at all to comfort herself, she would just leave sort of a droning synth or keyboard sound on in her apartment. Um, and that was sort of the genesis of this record. And I, I feel that listening to it. That's and about to happen in this, ap- this apartment, baby. And, and honestly, I love that. <laughs> and I, I, I really do find a sort of a drone sound very comforting. And, and so I relate to her on that level. That's not exactly what I had in <laughs> mind when I, when I think of a drone uh, synth sound, but um, that's <laughs> fine. Um, 
<laughs> and and yet it continues to happen. Um, there it is. <laughs> oh, so sorry. I, uh, I'm there's gonna be good things to come with this though. Yeah, we promise. <laughs> um, but I, I just I just really love this record. I feel like I'm talking about it for too long. Do you have any thoughts on it? Um, I just adore it. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, this is one that I've listened to mostly at work, so it's become kind of background music for me. It's not something I can uh, really dig into a lot of uh, the, the intricacies of it. Uh, but I definitely, yeah, I listened to it, and it struck me as something you'd enjoy. It is just, it's so pretty, and I was not aware of that, that background behind it that, that you brought up at first until you mentioned it to me last episode mm-hmm. uh, that we recorded on release. Um, but it, it really makes it so much prettier, especially how it builds to that final track where there is a vocal performance that is yes. a really great, sweet song. Um, and... And your vocals are on that are beautiful. I, w- I wonder if she recorded that before. Or yeah, it, it really beautiful. So it, it does make me wonder if that was intended for the project before that the change happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, I, I guess all I have to say about it is that it is um, as far as ambient releases go this year. I think this this would be my favorite um, for mm-hmm. sure. It, it's really pretty music that you can fall asleep to or have in the background. I mean, that's the great thing about ambient music is it's it's great for a close listen and it's great for uh, background music yeah uh, and, and this is really not to be slept on yeah and and ambient music is so tied to physical and mental healing uh, i think like it yeah the genesis of ambient genre of the ambient genre of course is is with brian eno who was in hospital when he first came up with the idea of ambient music which was to be music that can sort of swell and come into your consciousness and then leave your consciousness and then come back into your yeah. consciousness and leave it again and and i think that that is such a special thing and and goes so underrated in music criticism it, because of how kind of wishy-washy it is because of how uh non-specific it is in its perspective but i think that that is where its value lies it is. truly is beautiful like um yeah. I, I know that this has been getting uh, acclaim. I think I've seen it on several year-end lists, but mm. I feel like there's a ceiling for for people when they talk about ambient music. They go, oh, this is a great ambient album, um, but it's not on the same level as uh, a more complex, um, you know, whatever genre it is, a more intentional-sounding album because it's ambient. It sounds like... It could only be, you know, in the middle of a top fifty or something. Right. I feel like when I'm when I'm looking at reception of this sort of thing. Absolutely. I and I feel that. like, yeah, that really, um, you know, that is what it is. Who really cares? But <laughs> 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 I, I like Fair enough. now that I think about it. But I, the, the point that I want to make is that really I think it gets lost how beautiful this music is because I actually have been in a place lately. That's why I've been listening to these Brian Eno ambient albums where i'm listening to music all the time but i get to the end of the night and i just anything that isn't like kind of ambient just seems like too much to me it's like i don't want to be bombarded by a beat or anything that feels um like it's it's begging for my attention i really just want something that i can drift in and out of that is is pulling me in and then letting me go and I think ambient music is really beautiful for that reason, that if you're ever stressed out, you can just put it on and really just let it melt over you. Um, it's beautiful. Totally agree. Talk about your number eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, nine number eight is Phoebe Bridgers. Um, <laughs> I've locked in for this episode at least. Uh, Phoebe Bridgers. No one knows the name of this album. Is the weird thing. Um, it is called Punisher. Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers, which is of um, course a reference to people who uh, talk too much in conversations. Only her second studio album, which is really kind of crazy if you think about it. Yeah. Because I mean, I guess you're just gonna ignore what I said. But that's uh, go, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> she <laughs> is having a moment. I think it's fair to say that yeah. Phoebe Bridgers Huge. has kind of become an indie darling. Um, she's and also mainstream. She's pretty mainstream, and she's pretty funny. Um, she just has kind of a twisted sense of humor um, <laughs> that is just a little wacky. Uh, this Phoebe Bridges album, uh, and we love to see my it. favorite indie folk uh, release of the year, a genre that I hold near and dear. Uh, this Phoebe Bridges album, I've definitely come around to more in this winter season, so it's kind of bumped it up on my list where I didn't know it was going to make my top ten before. But and we have no choice but to stand. In these winter months, I have no choice Twitter. but to stand Phoebe Bridges in these cold winter months, <laughs> um, and just absolutely laugh, lol, at all the tweets, um, uh, and crazy thoughts that she has, um. I mean, what is there to say? I think I already said everything there is to say in the first episode we recorded. <laughs> Which you, the listener, haven't heard. <laughs> um, th- this album, incredible production, fantastic horn arrangements on this thing, really a step up from Stranger in the Alps, which is an album that I like quite a bit. But mm-hmm. this is really stepping it up. Just a fantastic sophomore release. And the more I listen to it, the more I'm struck by just how impressive this is um, for where she is in her career. I think it's really something to celebrate. I think it's a great sign to be a Phoebe Bridgers fan. So I feel bad for all the haters out there um, that just hate and hate and hate on Phoebe Bridgers. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got such a beautiful voice that is just so dreamy to me. Mm. And the, vo- the, the lyrics on this – it is very much, I feel like Phoebe Bridgers kind of gets, I mean, there are all these memes out here where, oh, if you don't have a girlfriend or something, like if you're gay and sad, you listen to Phoebe Bridgers or right. something. A um, lot of comparisons between her and Taylor Swift, yeah, bizarrely. Yeah, yeah, Phoebe Bridgers is, is Taylor Swift for gay, sad people. Meme format. Whatever, whatever. I guess that's, some Some of those things are funny, but I, did, I, I just want to say. Occasionally. It gets, gets lumped in with, oh, this is gay, sad music. The, the lyrics are actually um very good on this thing even though they are kind of love songs songs about being lonely and that, uh, d- that she's a fantastic thing. songwriter she's such a good songwriter um it's really so much more than that so i just i think phoebe bridgers is too big for that to really drag her down at all yeah but i i, I do feel the need to say that she is so much more than just um gay sad taylor swift you know yeah no, yeah. people who dismiss Phoebe Bridgers to me is like people who dismiss like Super Mario Odyssey. It's like, do you really think that <laughs> that Nintendo doesn't know how to design a game? Like they know what they're doing. Yeah. And Phoebe Bridgers knows what she's doing. It's so me, a Phoebe Bridgers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I walked into that one. Um, 
<laughs> did you? I sorry, I derailed you a little bit. Did you have anything else to say about Phoebe Bridgers? Phoebe Bridgers is Mario. Um, <laughs> Julian Baker That's is Luigi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and obviously, Lucy Dacus is Wario. I was going to say Lucy Dacus is Toad. <laughs> okay no that's true that's true you're right you're right that's better <laughs> anyways i don't know i don't know man um well on that note i do i think we do have to take uh another break god damn okay uh maybe maybe we can edit it out seamlessly so it's not even like a break i'm very um, good at that so but i do have to <laughs> you're yeah. in you're in yeah we're back we're back that sound is back more synth <laughs> hey it's good i mean no other podcast can really get this um yeah i think that we should get through our our next two so we can move on we can wrap up part one yeah and move on to part two um so what was it your turn or my turn I, I don't it was know. my turn okay you're for uh, your number eight yeah number eight jesus christ yeah yeah pretty messed up uh not gonna lie um so my number eight is gun trasinski duo uh with the album Soundkeeper. Um, this album is one that I, I mean, I haven't seen show up on a lot of year-end lists, to be honest. Um, maybe one, maybe Steve Hyden. I think it was on his top 10 for the year. Um, and it, and I do think that this is an album that would, I think that he is a little bit part of the Trugal crowd, a little bit of part of the jam band crowd. And I think this is an album that would appeal to those people. Um, which I think you find yeah, yourself no, a part I, of. I, I you like the jam band thing. I'm a jam band enthusiast. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, big Dave fan, big big Twiddle fan. Um, so sure. Yeah. This is not this is not quite like fun like whimsical in the same way that those artists can be. Sure. Um, it's a little bit more heady. It's a little bit more kind of like self serious. I think. Well, I can certainly um, get into that. Yeah. Uh, but but I think it is. It's a really fantastic record. Um, where Steve Gunn, who is, of course, he has a, a, a venerated, acclaimed career as a solo artist. Um, but in the Gunn Trasinski duo, he really frees himself up to just improvise with guitar. It, it, this album is just drums and guitar. Um, of course, Trasinski is the, the drums part of that equation. Um, and this record, I find to be just beautiful. It really moves me. It really... I really just connect to it in a way where I just look up to these guys who are so uncompromising. Like, this is not a record that is going to sell. You know what I mean? This is not a record that's going to move a lot of units. Yeah, um, I, I never heard. This is just a record oh, yeah. that, is, that is for that's for fans. It's a record that's for people who are willing to sit down and take the time to listen to something that is a little bit, uh, it I wouldn't quite call it experimental or anything, but it is challenging in just that it's you know it's an hour and change of of music that is deeply personal, totally instrumental, and totally totally out there in the way that it is just very kind of amorphous, very loose and improvised, um, and I love that about it, and I and I really respect it. Um, and I and I of course I talked about in the last episode how uh, Steve Gunn really looked up to a a musician that he knew from his area who was a guitarist um, who who refused service to a cop at his coffee shop job and got fired from that mm-hmm. job. Um, I remember this now, yeah. And and I love that story because I think that it is so 
it is so real. Like we we have to deal with economic realities as people who want to create things and put them out in the world, um, just as this guy did, just as Steve Gunn did. And and when Steve Gunn talks about that story, I really do. I look up to Steve Gunn in the same way that Steve Gunn looked up to this guy, who's of course again I can't remember his name now, um, but I just think that that is really inspiring to hold to your values to be not afraid to get fired from your job in order to just continue making art doing what you want to do in the way you want to do it and and with the values that you have um i think is really powerful and so to me the reason that i am putting this record the gun krasinski duo sound keeper in my number eight spot for 2020 is is just that i find it so inspiring and i i yeah i really relate to that ethos that they have yeah that's that's fantastic i really have to check this out again it's um something that i was not aware of uh, before i don't think you had talked to me about this album at all throughout the year so yeah i don't um, think i did definitely something i am looking forward to checking out but not something i have anything to add to so i guess i will just keep on chugling and <laughs> i will go the to classic, uh, ajj Hey, we love AJJ. Uh, released an album this year, actually. I, I never got around to listening to it much, but anyways, um, my number seven is <laughs> Natalie Lafarcade. Um, yeah. Un Canto por México, I believe it's called Volume One, uh, is my number seven. Holy shit! We're gonna have to clean up real <laughs> real quick. Oh no, I am just seeing what happened. Uh, You spilled beer. (coughs) Oh, okay. This is going to be such a pain in the ass to edit. Yeah. Um, It's okay, though. I mean, uh, we're good. It happens. Yeah, it it happens, especially when you have our our methods of recording. Um, (laughs) Anyways, Natalie Lafricade, Un Conte por Mexico, Volume 1. My number seven, uh, you hate it. Um, <laughs> it's it's not good. Um, no, the album's good. What I'm doing is not good. Um, this is uh, so beautiful. I know that you are a fan of other Natalie Lafricade albums. This is the only one I've heard. It just mm-hmm. kind of popped into my radar this year. From it was getting a little bit of attention, a little bit of buzz in the first half of the year. I think it came out like back in May or something. Not totally sure. But this thing, just anytime I put it on, it makes me so happy. Like um, mm-hmm. the brass kind of ensemble that they have going on, a little bit of a you know marachi sound. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, what was that? Did I say that? I, I kind of rushed the way. I, I, sorry, I'm a little loosey goosey right now. Uh, mariachi. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I wasn't even. I was just saying it. And now you've turned it into a big deal. <laughs> well, uh, God damn it, Randy! Natalia Lafricade, Un Canto, Un Cante uh, por, por Mexico, Volume One. Yeah. These are really beautiful songs. Yeah. Um, just uh, you can. There's. They're very raw. I feel like the emotion behind it, like a very emotional vocal performances. Um, where there's um a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of life to these songs. 
you you totally threw me off. I'm so I, sorry. I feel like I, I can't even talk about this. It's that beautiful <laughs> album. I just I just it's it's one of those things where I feel like I can't do it justice talking about. Uh, if there's any release this year that just uh, is all about joy and about uh, just putting it on. And I would dance around our old apartment. It came out when we were living in our old apartment at the beginning of the year. I, w- I would put it on, yeah. and I would dance around. I would clap. I would clap along to it. I would, I would just clap along. And there's these beautiful swelling horns. These songs yes. that that really are just so so beautiful. Um, you gotta listen to this album, Natalie Lafourcade. It's beautiful. If you're, in, um, you know, um, it's good. Yeah, no, honestly, I think that this thing is, uh, I mean, uh, in terms of how much just uh, joy it brings to the table, it's a lot like Super Mario Odyssey and just how much joy it brings. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we should, like, you, you know what the fucked up thing is? I think we're better at talking about video games than we are about music. <laughs> That's very uh, possible. <laughs> I, that may be, like, sort of wishful thinking, though. I don't know. We <laughs> we're not good <laughs> about talking about anything. <laughs> we, we might get to the point of, like, if we were to do a show about video games, we would just talk about them and then realize, oh, no, we're just as bad we're, at Yeah, this. we're also bad at talking about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think we could do that. I would love to talk about video games sometime. Maybe we could do a one-off. Um, uh, I would love to talk about, like, ar- just RPG music sometime. Um, so oh, absolutely. That do would it, be wonderful. Do that, would do that sort of episode. Yeah, I would love that. Um, <laughs> we can talk about that off air. Um, <laughs> I was, I was, I was definitely, I was joking a little bit with the comparison to uh, Super Mario Odyssey, but I do think that Natalia Lafourcade is a fantastic artist. I totally agree with you, uh, with where you're coming from about how much joy and emotion she brings to her vocal performances. I think that she is and has been for quite some time huge in Mexico and and in South America at large. Um, though largely kind of uh un- undiscovered to to most of at least white America. Yeah. Um which is just such a loss and so unfortunate. I I I mean this is something that should be on every radio, right? Like it's so accessible, it's so beautiful, it's so joyous. I I'm hard-pressed to think of a person I couldn't play this around and have them go like, "Oh, this is really good. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's truly wonderful. Um, as you mentioned, of course, I'm I'm a big fan of her previous couple of albums, Musas, uh, Volume One and Two. Yeah, gotta um, check those out. Uh, those are just really fantastic, and I love this new one, honestly, just as much as those, which were some of my favorite records of the past couple years. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, I just I totally second you and highly recommending checking out Natalia Lafourcade if you haven't already. Um, I think she's wonderful. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you sound so done. Um, I'm, not, I'm not done. I'm not even halfway through. I guess that's very true. I guess I'll talk about my number seven, um, which is Touche Amore with Lament. Um, I mentioned, uh, maybe it'll be edited out at this point, I don't know, but I did I did mention Touche Amore Stage 4 earlier in the show, um, which is a record that I absolutely love. I feel like from uh, To the Beat of a Dead Horse uh, to, um, gosh, I'm forgetting the, the name of their second record with the blue cover, 
um, to stage four. That I I just feel like they have had yeah, such yeah, yeah. an incredible progression as a as a band as a post hardcore band. Um, I feel like they have had had such a special journey in that genre that that so few bands have gotten to have, which is that they have achieved critical acclaim. I think at pretty much every step and only increasing each time they release an album, which is such a hard uh, pace and momentum to keep mm-hmm. um, over the course of a career, um, and especially hard in the face of, of Jeremy Bohm losing his mother and finding out. Of course, on stage four, they have a song about how he finds out after leaving a venue in our home state, uh, eight seconds in Gainesville, Florida, um, he leaves the venue and mm. finds out about his mom's death yeah. um, after the show that they had just performed, um, which I just can't imagine how harrowing that is. Um, and so to come off of a record that intense about his mother's death, about their place in their career at, at their fourth record, um, stage four kind of being double duty as a title in that sense, um, to come back with Lament, it's like, where do they go from here? Um, and the craziest thing of all is that they absolutely nailed it. Um, this record is fantastic. It is so heavy. The guitars are blistering. The vocal performances are impassioned. Um, this record is really wonderful. I think easily my favorite hardcore record of the year. Um in a year where there were a lot of great hardcore records, mm-hmm. um, this one just means so much to me, and I'll be so excited to dig even deeper into it in the next few years. Um, because I think at this point, it's fair to say Tuche Amore is just simply one of my favorite bands ever. Um, there's just no denying it at this point for me. Um, and I, I just think that this record is so beautiful from the opening track, Come Heroin, which is uh just so bombastic and intense um and heavy to to all of the the subsequent tracks and all of the lyrics about um losing family members to to either death like his mother or to the GOP yeah the con- um, conservatism yeah wi- which is it's it's a powerful message um and one that rings true i think for a lot of young people yeah very very prescient if you um you know, have um, a moral compass and um, questionable <laughs> family. Yeah. Then it's something you can relate to these days for sure. Um, yeah, this is a, g- a good record. I've only given it a few spins. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, n- not as huge historically the Touche More fan as you are, not because I don't like them, just because it's it's, l- it's less my thing. Absolutely. Um, but this is one that I, I, I've been compelled to return to, I got to say. It is very good. It rocks rather hard. Um, <laughs> it really does. And I, I, I was really actually getting into the lyrics of this. I found um, the same what you were just touching on, those lyrical elements, um, relatable and also just laid out well, which for me in hardcore, emo, you know, what, uh, all, all, a lot of that music, which I historically have been into but sometimes have trouble getting into now, uh, lyrically, I, I find it to be lacking sometimes, or mi- not lacking. I don't want to say that, but just um, 
it's not meeting you in the place that you it's are not, in yeah life. it's it reminds me of being an, uh, 15 years old sometimes sure because, and this totally fair this felt like an adult i'm not i'm fucking 24 years old but <laughs> like this this felt like an an emo record for where i am at in life is what i'm trying to say yes. I, I i was relating to it and I, I enjoyed that about it quite a bit i i um, totally agree and i'm glad to hear you say yeah that. um so, you know, uh, I think we're getting towards the end of our part one. We've got one more album each to discuss. Yeah. Our number six album of the year. Mine is Dogleg Melee is wow. my number six. Um, uh, this is as hard as it got for me this year. Uh, <laughs> you know, every year I think there's about one or two um, hard rock. I don't know what you want to call them. Because uh, it's not always the same genre, but that squeezed their way into my top ten. Dogleg is for me. Anytime I really wanted to rock out this year, I put on the Dogleg Melee album. And I gotta say, still I am putting it on. And it just, um, Kawasaki backflip the album opener. I think that is my favorite album opener of the year. Single of the year. Uh, sing- uh, to me. It's not my single of the year. Uh, that's To th- me. That is uh, to be revealed next episode. But... Album, op- album opener of the year for sure. Um, the the riffs on this thing just are screaming. Um, <laughs> yeah, I you love know? that. <laughs> the riffs are screaming on this thing. Um, I, <laughs> I don't even know at this point what to say about it. It's a good album. Check it out. It rocks. Yeah, it, it absolutely rips. Um, I guess um yeah i mean i'll be talking about that record a little yeah bit more so we can soon. talk about it later man. Um, <laughs> oh no we're falling apart uh, um i guess i'll talk about my number six which is uh adrian adrian linker with songs um an incredibly titled record um so apt this album is full of songs um she Very course, true. Very true. <laughs> she of course, Adrian Linker is of course the front woman uh, of the band, the truly very acclaimed band Big Thief. Um, have released a number of of absolutely rapturously yeah. received. When albums we say the they're critically acclaimed, years. we ain't joking, folks. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> it's almost to the point of absurdity, honestly, um, because I won't like. The truth You're talking is, shit. The, I, I'm not talking shit. I'm not talking shit. But here's where I'm at with Big Thief and with Adrian Linker as artists. Is I saw Big Thief open for The National. I thought they were fantastic. Your favorite band, The National? My favorite band is The National. Um, I saw Big Thief open for them. I thought they were wonderful. They were fantastic. They were energetic performers. The songs were great. I did know quite a few of their songs already. Very impressive before seeing them wow um, very cool uh, thank you um and I, I loved that performance but i was not like a deep intense fan of them sure um yeah they had okay. they had records that i liked more than others and then hearing this new adrian linker um even after knowing you know her 2017 i think record abyss kiss um which was a very good record um this new one, songs and its accompanying uh, record instrumentals, um, really blew me away, um, and really 
made me feel more deeply connected to her songwriting sensibility than I ever have been before, to the point that I went back to some Big Thief records that I had not appreciated as much and listened to them more intently, um, appreciated them more deeply, and now I absolutely adore the Big Thief record Two Hands, which mm, I didn't mm, before. That's a very good one. I really love that thing. I kind of ignored it when it came out. Um, and that is due to the the absolute songwriting prowess that is uh, that is displayed on songs sure. by Adrian Linker. I think this record is just really fantastic, really beautiful, um, and really kind of just like carries me off into other places. For me, it is kind of the number one uh, kind of quarantine core okay. album of wow. 2020. Yeah, uh, not mine. I, I will talk about that next episode. Sure, um, I totally. Yeah, I to- I think I know what that yeah. is, and I I, uh, I love. I that think one when you core core, I think uh, pertains especially to one album. But yeah, um, Big Thief. Uh, my big problem with them is I wish they would just not steal so much. Uh, like <laughs> they're such a big thief that. Yeah, <laughs> I I loved that joke until you you like sort of double explained it there, and then I didn't like. There's rather uh, there's a rather a large, uh, I mean very rotund thief. Um, <laughs> and you couldn't think of a synonym for thief. Um, hey, um, burglar, swiper. <laughs> yeah, sure, swiper no swiping. Yeah. Uh, anyways, a large swiper. I, I'm not a fan of that, but I, I just yeah. wish they would pull them up, pull themselves up by their bootstraps a little bit more. Um, Absolutely, but this Adrian Linker album, yeah, I, I know that we, you were kind of expecting it to be on my top ten because I, I had been raving about it all year, didn't quite make it. Um, I was surprised. Uh, you know, there, it's in my top twenty, but there's just there's a lot of great albums this year. But I do love this thing a lot. It's got some of my favorite songs of the year. Certainly, my favorite lyrical accomplishments. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you said it that way? It's <laughs> <That is> a <laughs> wild way to say it. I was, I was gonna ask is. Is the song anything anywhere near your top ten songs of the year? My favorite song on this album is Dragon Eyes. Wow. Um, no, that one is wonderful as well. Yeah. So, uh, and I think that is my top ten songs of the year. Okay. Um, but this thing really is beautiful. I love her voice. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's just uh, makes me feel all warm and gooey inside. I, I, like she's got <laughs> yes. such a cute, sweet voice. <laughs> like... And this um, is one of those indie records that was recorded, you know, in a cabin. It was just like her and her producer. Yeah. COVID happened, and <laughs> it was sort of, like, it's sort of like you know the Boney Bear thing is yeah, like yeah, a yeah. classic example of he goes out to a cabin on purpose to <laughs> record an album. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I, she I, was just in a cabin, and then COVID happens, and she's stuck in a. Yeah, cabin. Yeah, I feel like the Boney Bear <laughs> thing is sort of a lie. Um, w- Honestly, which, it has to. I be. mean, it like uh, Boney Bear, one of my favorite artists, but. It is sort of a lie that I feel like he just invents sort of a persona that he's stuck to. But you listen to that, like the music, and it's like, no, this is not made in a cabin in isolation music. This is intensely labored over. Yes, like, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I totally agree. <laughs> the, the music off of Adrian Linker's songs really does feel like, wow, I am jealous that this person was able to just go off and write these with, you know, a guitar and, and, not, and not much else. <laughs> and, and she went off. Um, like... Yeah, damn. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, no, it's a power. It's a powerful album. It's a powerful piece of music. Um, could not be more excited to be going into the future as a 
big of a fan of Adrian Linker as I am now. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh hey it's really great and I think that that's gonna about wrap it up for this episode. Okay, bye. <laughs>